Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Valine, joined alongside Zach Ross. How you doing, Zach? I'm doing fantastic. There's new Monster Hunter content out. Whoa. I'm always oh in a good mood when there's new Monster Hunter out. We get into that in a bit. Always. We also got Logan Plant. Mostly. How you doing, Logan? I'm good. I'm feeling I'm pretty sick this week, but nothing was going to keep me away from talking <laughs> about Splatoon 3. Finally, yeah. finally. I'm so excited. Yeah, it. It had been a while. They needed this. We really mm -hmm. hadn't heard much beyond those those random posts on certain Nintendo Twitter accounts. Yep. The rollout was weird, but we finally got that big blowout direct for Splatoon yes. 3. Let's get into that. That's that's what's going to start us off here. Logan, they got the they got the big things out of the way. We can uh we can join our friends before we go into the lobby with strangers. Oh, yes. We don't have to wait for them to finish before joining in and mm -hmm. uh they got rid of having to watch the news thing you can just use the the smartphone app for it now yeah yeah so you can use the smartphone app to see what stages there are which you could do in two but you still had to watch the the presentation when you booted up the game and you can still watch kind of the, the news presentation but it's just like you click the left stick to when you boot up the game uh, and if you don't you don't have to watch it and you can just go straight into the lobby do whatever you want uh, and then yeah the biggest deal is that multiplayer functionality it's a new system i think it's they're called ghosts uh you before a match you hang out in the lobby the lobby used to just be a menu now it's this place you can actually run around and there's there's actually quite a bit to do in there including this like new locker customization system which i think some people find pretty neat to just kind of collect different little trinkets then show them off in a locker but the big deal is if your friend is online, they'll appear in your lobby and you can join them and up to four people can join them before hopping into a match. Huge deal. That is the biggest deal of this direct. I don't even really think it's close because that was the issue with Splatoon. Still play Splatoon 2. It's like, all right, uh, who's going to jump into a match first? And then someone's just sitting there waiting for like three, sometimes six minutes to get in. And now that will be a thing of the past. One thing I wasn't clear on is if you'll be on the same team when that happens, uh, it kind of looked like you would be, but I, I'm not sure if it's just like, yep, up to four people can join up together and then leap into a lobby, which I mean, it's, it's going to be rare that you're playing with more than three people or more than three other people. And I feel like if you were, you would just do a private battle. So I think that's enough for me, just being able to join up with three of your friends and then hop into the lobby. That's what they needed. And it's what they did. So I'm thrilled about that. That's really all I needed from this because I knew I was going to pick up this game anyways. Uh, but just to see it there was honestly a big relief. Yeah, so beyond those two big things, do you want to run through some of the other uh, new features that have been added for this one? Yeah, so they, they talked a lot about different gameplay things. There's There's like a new swimming mechanic where you can do this like 180 jump in the air that also defends you from incoming enemy ink there's also a way to swim up walls even faster uh there's a new set of idols uh so like callie and marie and pearl marina uh they are now called fry and shiver and big man the stingray is the third one so you got the two girls like both platoon games have always had but now this one has the two girls and this stingray who's really funny uh and kind of a big deal with having three hosts is now for splat fests there's three teams, which is super cool. It is a super cool change. So the first Splatfest is going to be rock, paper, scissors, and you pick one of three teams. And then after the first half of the Splatfest, so usually Splatfests are like two or three days. So I'm guessing like after a day and a half, um, whichever team is in the lead, four players in each match will start in the middle of the turf war. And then two players from the other teams will start on either end of the map. 
And then it's about the team that's in the lead defending their turf from the other two teams trying to work together to take it from them. So seeing seeing turf war get mixed up for Splatfest, I think, is super cool. They confirmed Ranked is coming back. There's going to be 12 maps at launch. Uh, and there's going to be this new card game. There's going to be this new uh, card game with is like a top-down kind of puzzly looking one-on-one thing, which is a super new thing. Like how Horizon has its own spinoff game, Witcher has its own spinoff game. Now Splatoon is joining that list of games. <laughs> Wait, is it an actual separate game or is it in the game itself? It is in Splatoon, but it's oh, okay. just a totally different thing. You just yeah. separate from the other dude, modes. and it's like, okay. let's play cards, and then you play this like card-based battle game, which looks really interesting. Uh, they talked about the single-player thing. They also confirmed there's going to be a major DLC, just like the Octo expansion for Splatoon 2, along with two years of free updates. So. Really, I feel like everything that we uh, needed to see, we saw today. And personally, I'm sold on the game. I, I don't know someone who casually played Splatoon 2 like Kevin. I think we were talking a little bit after the presentation. You're not so sure if you'll pick this one up. But for hardcore Splatoon fans, of which there are a great number of them, I think that this was a really great presentation. Yeah, I think it it checked basically all the boxes needed for someone who was already very heavily invested in Splatoon 2. You got... A bunch of features already coming back, a bunch of, you know, new maps, new weapons, new modes. They fixed some of the issues from Splatoon 2 at the previous yep. games. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder how many people are going to to hop over to this one. I guess we'll see how big of a group that diehard fan group is, because I think Splatoon 2, it kind of helped it out a little bit that it came on pretty early in the Switch's life. And so everyone's like, oh, OK, I, you know, I, I want some new games to play on my switch and that was one of the options that you could get within its first you know half year on the market and i i wonder how many people there are who think that this is a big enough upgrade to to move away from splatoon 2 and and go to splatoon 3 or people who haven't played splatoon 2 in a while and think this is enough to to pick up a whole new game it absolutely like it, it's stuffed with content is how i felt watching this presentation like every individual facet of splatoon has just been like pumped up even further in splatoon 3 from what we're seeing like salmon run has even more bosses and it has this new like this new way that the modes will end sometime where this giant boss comes in you have to fend him off to to defend all the eggs you collected through the normal round that's new that's really cool every weapon type is returning along with two new ones the bow and arrow and a katana that i think is called the splatana and it looks super cool so new weapon types new abilities the clothes system is new. There's more customization than ever. Amiibo support is back. Like there is every, everything is just like more stuff than there's ever been. Uh, and I mean, Splatoon at one and two both grew so much over time. So I know it's going to be the same here. 12 maps seems a little bit low to me at launch for how many maps already exist in Splatoon one and two. Like I, I was a little surprised at that number. There's five new maps and then seven returning maps from Splatoon one and two. And I don't know, Splatoon 2 by the end of it had like over 20. So I would have expected to see a few more returning maps. I think five new maps is a great number, but I would have expected to see a few more returners um, at launch. I know they're going to add probably like one every three months or so for two years. So maybe that'll bring us up to like the 20 maps by the end of this thing. But I thought that seemed a little bit low was the only thing I was kind of scratching my head at. Yeah, how much, uh, how many maps were there on launch for one and two? Splatoon 1 only had five maps at launch. It was extremely <laughs> All light. Right. It's not great. Uh, it was very light, but Splatoon 2 maps at launch. Let's see if I can find this real quick. I feel like it was a similar number 
but I just would have thought. Okay, yeah, so you would two, think there were ten maps at launch, maps. so this okay, is so a couple a more. Bigger. They just add five every time, or is it twelve this time? It's twelve to start. Okay, so, yeah, that's not... yeah. You would think they would have a little bit more to pull from from the previous two games. Yeah, but I mean, maybe maybe the other plan is to to bring some of those back with the with the post launch updates. You know, have mm -hmm. some new maps in there and have some of the returning maps as well. Yeah, they basically said that um, every three months is when they're going to have big content drops because they have this new thing that's kind of like a battle pass where every three months they're going it, to... It's not paid, though. It's free. Everything where every, a battle pass. every three months they're going to add a bunch of new cosmetics. You have titles now. Um, it's, it's very much like the Fall Guys card, right? Where you have your name, you have a title, and then you have like a banner that it sits on. It's very similar to that. And every few months they're going to add new stuff to unlock for that. They're going to add new gestures for when you win a match, which is very like Fortnite Fall Guys live service game. And they're going to add new cosmetics to put in your locker space. And they said that that's going to come. A new wave of those is going to come every three months. And they also said new weapons are going to come every three months. They didn't say new stages are going to come every three months, but I would have to assume that's how it's going to work. You would hope so. You'd hope There's that no that way. would all get added in. I know. It'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks good. And I think that this is exactly what Splatoon 3 needed. Um because it really has been a no-show for so long. I think this was the perfect presentation. It basically showed off every single facet of the game and showed where it's improved from Splatoon 2 and Splatoon 1. And I think that's really what we needed to see for Splatoon 3. Again, for me, where I'm at, I think it doesn't help out for me that people I know that play it are in a completely different time zone. So it makes it hard yeah. to play relatively consistently. If I was back home, Maybe I'd be more tempted to pick it up, but I think it has enough content to warrant it existing. That was always the question of like, is, you know, yep. what warrants Splatoon 3's existence? And I think that this this showed that it has enough content to stand on its own. Now, the, yeah. the decision of putting it on the Switch instead of the successor is still a question that we can debate, but Splatoon 3 definitely has a good reason to exist. I know it raises an interesting question, right? They say this thing's going to get two years of support. So either that means we're not going to see the next thing for two plus years, or it means it's going to be fully backwards compatible and we're all just going to move on and bring Splatoon 3 with us, which I think is the more likely scenario. But yeah, two years of content. Or they'll pretty much release it two in a year for the new console. Oh, man. And it'll be a launch title. I mean, the, the <laughs> hope is that Switch 2 or whatever it is is backwards compatible. It's got to be. It definitely And if it be. is then you can just bring those right over and it's really not an issue. Yeah. I just found the official numbers. It was eight Splatoon 2 maps at launch, so three more than the original had. And then by the end of it, it had 23. So they added 15 maps over two that's years. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really that's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we see a similar ad with that and end up with like close to 30 maps by the end of this thing. That'd be really cool. And yeah. that's not even counting like the Splatfest exclusive maps of which there were like 10, but you could only play those during very limited windows. So they don't really count. Um, but yeah, just 23 maps in the main rotation, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Looks good. Do we want to get yeah. into another big presentation that happened a little bit earlier this week? That being Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. We learned some more about the game. The biggest one probably is the new forms. Each new Pokemon game has got to have had to be a gimmick. Form. We have the Mega Evolutions. I forget what it was called in Sword and Dynamax? Shield. Dynamaxing. 
Yeah, and uh, Gigantamaxing. Gigantamaxing was the other one. So we we have to have a new mechanic like that in every single Pokemon game Ooh. mainline. And we have the Terrastall mechanic where you can catch a Pokemon and its Terrastall type may be different than its original type. And you can swap it in battle and moves that they have that are the same type as their Terrastall type will do more damage. And it seems like Pokemon will have a wide option of different Terrastall types. So it's a matter of going out and catching Pokemon and seeing what their type is and then kind of incorporating that into your into your battle style. What do you guys think of this? Personally, I think it's a, a cooler idea than, than the previous because it also yeah. means that you're having to go out and catch more Pokemon to try and find these different Terrastall types. And, and, and I think it can change your team dynamic because you could have a team with multiple different po multiple of the same Pokemon, but if they have a different Terrastall type, maybe you can kind of mix and match a little bit more. Zach, what do you think? See, it definitely seems a little more complex than previous games with their gimmicks, like the Dynamax and the whatever. Those are just getting big briefly and then deflating back again. And I don't think there was pretty much depth to it. This seems like and it I mean, could allow for more. At a certain I, point I don't with that, really wasn't it basically just one Pokemon gets big, the other one the gets other Pokemon big, gets big, and, and then the fight big. is the exact same, yeah. but it's yeah. they're just big Pokemon instead. That's definitely what it felt like. Um, but this one, I think it could allow for more in-depth combat and strategy and stuff like that. So uh, definitely not turned off by it. Um, yeah, I think it looks interesting. Cool designs, too. Yeah, I don't yeah. like the name Terrastall. doesn't really roll off the tongue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a little hard to remember, at least at the start. Yeah, I think it has potential to be the best gimmick introduced because what it's been since Gen Six with Megas, then Z moves, then Gigantamax, and I've had significant issues with all three of those. Mega Evolution only like ten percent of Pokemon could do it, so you only really wanted Pokemon in your party that could do it because it was basically an instant win button once you picked that. Z moves were literally an instant win button. I can't think of a single time in Sun and Moon you use a Z move and it doesn't kill the Pokemon instantly, like. So that's not much. And then, yeah, Gigantamax was just like, let's waste 30 seconds of the battle watching both these Pokemon <laughs> grow to skyscrapers and then the fight will continue. So I hope that this doesn't turn into an instant win button. I hope it's just like kind of a creative like type swapping thing like they kind of said it was because if it's like a type swap and your double power, then once again, it's going to be like, well, the way to win this game is just to use that every time. You have to sit through this cutscene and then you win the battle. And it's like that just got really old after a while in the last few generations so we'll see i don't love that they feel the need to shoehorn something new like this into every generation now i don't think it needs it uh but of all the ones we've seen i feel like this one has the most potential yeah and it looks like the power up it really only affects moves that are the same type as their terrastall type so that's kind yeah. of the game that you have to play if you can only do it a certain amount of times it sounds like either going back to a pokemon center or going up to a terra or Touching crystals overflowing with terrestrial energy, we don't know how common those are going to be. So maybe you mm -hmm. won't have access to it at all times. And then that it's a matter of how many moves you want to have that that go to that type if they're not particularly useful when the Pokemon is not in its terrestrial form. So yeah. I guess it depends on on how rare that is. If you're going to be going through sections of the game where you know maybe you have to be a little bit more strategic of when you use it because you don't have this this crystal. But we don't we don't know how common they're going to be yet. They also talked about how there's going to be three different branching paths, and they really didn't 
talk too much about that beyond you have the eight gyms and yep. you can battle them in any <clears throat> any order that you choose which is cool i heard yep. there's not going to be level scaling i on that there isn't um, so you just have to fight them they, in the exact they order they, that. they didn't say that in the just saw it on online somewhere so take that with a grain of salt but they yeah, also did yeah. not uh, <laughs> elaborate on that at all i would you hope can fight so. them in any order but you can only you have to go in the order that they are leveled or else you will lose i know i kind of have problems with both sides of this it's like i think level scaling is kind of dumb because it's like what's the point of leveling up if everything else just levels up with you i, I mean i get it it's fine but i just personally don't like that i know like some of the newer assassin's creeds games do that where it's like you spend all this time doing this stuff leveling up but then everything still is at or above your level so like i don't really get the purpose of that um it doesn't seem to me like there's a lot of progression if everything is always leveling up around you. But then on the other side, it's like, you can go in any order, but you're going to get stomped at six of them if you try to go there first. And it's like, what? So you just grind and grind and grind to get strong enough to challenge the one you want to challenge. But then like the first three gyms from a difficulty standpoint just become jokes. Like, I just don't get how they're going to pull it off. I think that total open world is difficult in a JRPG setting where you're leveling up. I, I just don't know how it works. I think it would be cool if gyms would change their lineup of Pokemon depending on when you fought them. Because yes. then mm -hmm. you truly have a different path depending on which route you take. And that's pretty malleable because there's eight gyms and you can you can do them in any order. So you could you could fight one gym and they have this set of Pokemon. And then you talk to a friend who did that gym at a later or earlier time and their team is completely different. Or some Pokemon haven't evolved yet. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I actually saw something online about that that was saying that in the Pokemon anime, it's basically been established as lore that gym leaders will look at how many badges you have and then tailor their team so they are beatable. It's why the first gym leader always only has like two Pokemon and they're all really easy. It's because they see you're just some new kid with zero badges. So they're like, oh, I'm going to use my zero badge team. So if they took that idea that's apparently like canon in the show and applied it to the games, I do think that'd be cool. But when Brock joined Ash, he didn't have any really strong Pokemon. So if Ash rolled up with like seven badges, what was he going to use? Onyx <laughs> and Geodude? Yeah, that's in I the don't back. know when we'll, this was we'll established. Just you know, he, he knows that Ash needs to learn these things on his own. He doesn't want to be the crutch for okay. Ash to just I'm go sure. to every time. Yep. He's got to let him let him live his life. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. They didn't. I, I kind of wish they elaborated a bit more on that. Because they, they they basically just said, you can challenge the gyms in any order and then kind of pieced out. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So we've got the gym storyline. You have this universe, the school storyline as well. Mm -hmm. And then a third storyline. Is that just going to be the, the evil team? They mentioned a treasure Ooh. hunt, but is the treasure hunt the same as the school one? That was kind of unclear. Yeah. I don't really I think know it was the same. Yeah. I would like the option to join the evil team. <laughs> Just personally, <laughs> you leave school and just join the thugs. All right, I'm evil now. That'd be fun. <laughs> but yeah, you know they they talk about the three stories. I, I wish they had gone more into that that third story. If it is just the evil team, then we've had two stories in every single Pokemon game, and then this third story is just university. Um, again, they really didn't elaborate well, much on they that. Said. What? But they also said you can complete the three stories in any order that you want. They did also say that, like, too. If there's not level scaling, that. then how is this going to work? I don't know how it's going to work. 
We'll see. I I hope there's level scaling, and I hope that what I saw was wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We also saw more uh, movement in the open world with the two legendary Pokemon. Uh, so they can fly, they can climb up walls, they can go through water, and you you get them pretty early on, it seems, uh, to to move around in. Yeah, uh, which, which one's your I preference, like, Zach? What's your preference, new or well, old? Well, I, I re- personally, I I like the red one. I think that's Coridon. Yeah, right. Miridon, Coridon. I like the red one, but I just think it's weird that he runs when he clearly has two wheels on his chest. While the other one just zips around like a motorcycle with his wheels. I think in so, terms of exploration, the modern one looks a lot, a lot better. Does, it, it really does. Uh, so I don't know which way I'm leaning now. That really shook me up. Logan, do you have a preference? Uh, I was leaning to say I'm coming in the same boat. I was leaning yeah. Scarlet this whole time, but he kind of looks dorky. <laughs> He's running <laughs> around. So I'm not sure. He's got uh, those wheels. But... Yeah, I think it's cool that you get him early on. I like that idea. Uh, I wonder if we get him mainly as a tool and not as a Pokemon to use in battle, because I feel like he'd be pretty strong if we get him early on. Okay, well, minor spoiler. A lot of this game is leaked, and I've I've read some of it. It's it's this isn't really a spoiler. It says you don't get him as a Pokemon until way later. Okay. Okay. Well, now to be fair, yeah. In what Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, you got Latios slash Latias pretty early on, and that gave you the ability to fly, and they just gave you that legendary. Yeah. So, you know, they've yeah. done it before. But now I think the precedent is more like Sun and Moon, which had these Pokemon that you couldn't use, but you could use in the overworld, like Charizard. Uh, and Legends Arceus does oh, the same yeah. thing, where you have yeah. this Pokemon you can ride around, but not actually used in battle. So I imagine it's going to be the same thing. I guess the other question is if they ever unlock in battle, or if they are purely just for exploration like they'd have to a cover yeah. legendary to not unlock would hope. yeah probably they, close to the end to. Yeah. the game's just going to be like now you have grown strong enough mm-hmm. they'll let you it battle with you. them or something yeah, yeah. that is exactly <laughs> what after the eighth be. gym they'll, they'll obey you and i guess the last uh thing to to touch on here they went a little bit more into multiplayer they showed four people running around and they said you can explore in select areas or like a variety of areas, meaning not all areas. And this is another one that I basically this entire presentation, I just wanted them to expand more on the things that they were showing off in terms of the stories. And in terms of this, where can I explore? How does battling work? Do I go into a battle and then they just like go off and do their own thing? This would have worked so much better in legends Arceus when you're all running around and you can all catch Pokemon in the overworld. Do they just disappear when they go into yeah. battles? I don't know. Yeah. And then the raid battles are back too, which was a thing in Sword and Shield uh, where you can fight the powerful, what what's it called? Ter- Terrastal? Uh, yeah, Terrastal. Yeah, Terrastal <laughs> Pokemon. So that's back. And then you can all have a chance to catch them if you win the battle. Uh, but yeah, and then basically they say that you summon multiplayers in from these specific like zones that seem like they're at the Pokemon centers. And then I want to know... So once you're in, is the whole world your oyster and you can just see the whole thing together? Or is it like how multiplayer works in something like Elden Ring, where what you are like open in this specific area, but then you'll hit an invisible wall. And then everyone who's not the host has to leave. The host steps into the next area and reinvites everybody. Like, I want to know how it works. I feel like they didn't really talk about multiplayer enough. I think Elden Ring does that because the multiplayer, the person entering the world has the ability to kill pretty much anything by themselves. I don't think that that's really going to matter in Pokemon because if they go into their own battle, it's their own battle. And it's not really going to 
do anything for the host. So I don't yeah. think those invisible walls will be super necessary unless the console is like restricting them <laughs> because they can't handle two players a certain distance from each other or something like that. But um, yeah, I guess the other yeah, point it'll is be interesting to see what what can they do? Can they go in and battle like does like can they go and battle trainers or go and battle gym leaders? Is that yeah. for their saves or is that for the host saves or can they not do that? Is it more of a purely like exploration, just, you know, running around and and catching Pokemon, which is really the only thing they said was a variety of areas and you can go and catch Pokemon. Yeah. If I that's the case, then it's a, a incredibly limited. Mm hmm. Because then you do it once, and beyond the the raid battles, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of of teamwork there, unless you can get into battles with wild Pokemon and do like a double battle of sorts, or up mm -hmm. to four. I don't know, but yeah, we'll see. At this point, we'll it doesn't see. seem like there's a whole lot of utility there, <laughs> and that's basically the presentation. Uh, some other stuff. overall what did you guys think and i know that both of you were were planning to pick it up does this change your your thought on that or or if you think about this in a more positive light or a negative light after after this trailer and zach i'll throw it to you first were you planning yeah, to pick it up? i am planning to pick it up and i was planning to pick it up pretty shortly after it launched maybe not on launch just to see what some people are saying especially about the multiplayer since if logan picks it up near launch too we'd probably play it together but if the multiplayer is eh, eh, then uh maybe not right away uh but yeah this this reflected in a positive light for me um i think it has a lot of potential to do things that other pokemon games haven't done yet so excited to see where they take it um i'm a big fan of fido the uh, little doe oh, yeah some new pokemon dog yeah, that they announced uh, he was very cute uh yeah so i think i'm still gonna pick it up either on or near launch um yeah pretty excited for it still Logan? yeah uh, i mean i i just am more curious than anything i just want to see how they handle this open world concept that is going to be so much different than legends arceus or any of the previous mainline pokemon games so yeah i'm still going to pick it up they still haven't really told us much about how the open world really works and that's the thing i'm most interested in um so yeah yeah I, i'd say this uh hearing that gyms in any order three storylines i i'm excited about the academy Thing. I think that that's a, a cool setting um, that we haven't super seen before. So I was like, go to the Pokemon school to get tutorial dumped and then never return again. So I think to actually have an academy <laughs> setting Press is a cool a idea. Use a move. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still on board. Are. I'm okay. still on board. And the last presentation we have is a Sunbreak stream that I didn't watch. So <laughs> you guys can yep. can mm. can take it away here with the uh, with the Sunbreak stream. <laughs> Yeah, the stream was for the first Sunbreak title update, free title update, dropped yesterday, yeah. the day after the presentation. So it, what they, I think that the free title updates released pretty quickly in, in Iceborne 2 after the stream. Um, I wasn't expecting next day. I was probably expecting like a week, but next day was nice, mm -hmm. even though we have not had the chance to play it yet. Um, but they did announce quite a few things coming in the first free title update, including... Two extra monsters that we haven't heard yet, so four in total, which is a lot for a, a title update. Have there yeah, ever been four monsters in a title update before? No, it's usually like two. One I or know. Two. 
Yeah. But are, I guess Sunbreak's roster was a lot smaller than Iceborne's roster, so maybe they're making mm-hmm. up for it with larger title updates, which is cool, though, because I didn't feel like Sunbreak was content light at all. No, not at all. Um, should we say what they are, or do peop- are people probably aren't, you know, waiting yeah, we at should. this it point? Was, yeah. Well, yeah, it was Gold Rathian, Silver <laughs> Rathalos, Seething Basil Geese. Huge. Yeah, and, Seething uh, Basil Goose. Lucent Nargakuga. Yep. Yeah, which so three returning from world and one not returning from world. Uh, new area, the I've forgotten what the it's forlorn called. Forlorn Arena. Which forlorn is cool. Arena. Yep, yeah. not a full area, but a, a very cool looking arena, which I think is mainly for for Lucian Nargakuga. I think he's been shown off there the most. Yeah, but, it's uh, his home. Yep. They also announced some additions to gameplay and endgame stuff. The return of investigations from world. I think they're handled a little differently in Sunbreak. They're going to be on a leveled system where every time you do a investigation, it will be a random environment, a random amount of carts that you can use, and a random number of players that can join the quest. Um, and then completing these investigations will increase your investigation level, which will then allow you to complete higher leveled investigations. And these give you unique items to use in the new curious crafting mechanic uh, which upgrades end game armor and weapons to make you even stronger which i am excited about how yeah. do we feel about this logan it's a big deal uh, it i is think a big that deal. like kind of the end game builds you're able to create so far in sunbreak have all been like well if you have a switch x this is what you should do right because there mm-hmm. wasn't a ton of customization um but now this basically opens up the rng gods and it's like yes, all it right does. just go for it because like Skills are random, defense boost, attack boost, affinity boost. It's all just random. So you never know what you're going to get when you try to level one of these things up with the new crafting mechanics. So it's a cool thing to add to end game. Also, the higher investigation level a quest is, the harder the monster hits. And these things go from level 1 to level 80. I want to fight a level 80 monster and see how hard it, it knocks me on my butt. I think that sounds yeah. awesome. Uh, so I think that having some really hard quests is going to be something that's cool. And the return of event quests too. Starting next week, they're going to add a new event quest every single week uh, that completing those gives you like new cosmetics, um, some new equipment, things like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with this. This is way better than Rise's post-launch support, like by miles and miles. Four new monsters yep. is big. Uh, all the new gameplay is really big. And they're going to keep adding more difficult investigations with every title update, they said. And the next one's already in September. And I yeah, look at a game like very this, shortly. I look at a game like Mario Strikers Battle League, and I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> in terms of like post-launch update and getting people to come back, this is incredible. And that was like, oh, well, Daisy's here now. So yeah, I'm, I'm really thrilled with, with this post-launch support for Sunbreak. We got to dive in and try it out because yep. we've still been playing regularly. Like we have not fallen off at all. I've put exactly. like 50 hours into Sunbreak already in the last month and a half. Yep, and, it's, and you, it's you only need to be MR10 to access the new content. So we are MR50 like something. Yep, and then, yeah. yeah, that's just completing the main story of Sunbreak, and you will be at 10, so that's all you need. Not bad. Awesome. Is that it? That's I, it. Well, there's a couple other small things. There's a new level of anomaly quests with new afflicted monsters, and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Want to move on from the streams and showcases to get into some other stuff. First off, we've got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass Wave 2. It is here. 
And man, it is good. It is. It is really, really really good. There were some good stages in the original, in the first wave. You know, Ninja Hideaway was a solid one. Coconut Mall, which has gotten an update, was good, and now it's even better now that the shy guys mm-hmm. move at the end of they the go berserk uh, yes, <laughs> at the end of the track. Um, so there were there were some solid ones here uh, in that first wave, but with this second one, I, I really like what they've done. Waluigi Pinball, of course, that's the big it is one. Great to have one. that one back, but even yeah. beyond that, I I really like the additions to Calamari Desert. I think that me was too. one of the big standouts for me. I have a lot of memories of that track from N64, but I, I can understand that it's a very simple track. The only thing that's really going on in that original is just the train and two crossings. You basically just have to cross it twice. You can go on the tracks, but you know, it doesn't really do a whole lot. You'll lose now, the race if you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, if you're a kid, just just doing whatever. But here they force you to go on the train tracks for the the later lap which is really cool and then you have to avoid the trains i i really like the changes that they made to calamari desert mm-hmm. the new candy themed level is super I fun that. i really enjoy that one a lot i yeah wave two sydney is is a sydney really good track too awesome. uh i was I'm just a playing a little bit mushroom earlier gorge. i was surprised mushroom gorge I like yeah, that. I like that was a good one. Yeah, with Sydney, I was surprised at how long that one was in a good way. Yeah. Like I had finished mm-hmm. that second lap. I was playing earlier today and I was coming up on the end. I'm like, all right, we're done. And then I passed through and it's lap three. I said, Wait a minute. I didn't I didn't pass that earlier. Really, really solid mm-hmm. tracks in this one. Logan, what have you thought of, uh, of wave two so far? Oh, man, it's really great. I think uh, visually like. We talked about some of the visual downgrades compared to the base game in Mario Kart 8, and I don't know if it's just because it's Wave 2 and we're more used to it, or if these tracks just genuinely look better, but I look at something like Waluigi Pinball, and I'm like, this looks as good as I would need it to visually. And I think maybe it's just the art style of that specific track, like it's super bright, um, huge pieces of track that are like one solid color. Like I think maybe it, it benefits from the tour art style, but it looks amazing. Like that track is really cool looking, and it's just a great driving track. And then yeah, I just continue to love the tour tracks. It is like we we got we had the segment races in Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 7. But to have what these tour tracks do, what they've done with them, and have different routes depending on the lap you're on, that is so fresh. It is so cool. Calamari Desert getting that huge ramp introduced in lap two is awesome. And I actually tested this out. I was like, so what does that look like to people on lap one when that ramp isn't there? And so I, I hooked up two players. I drove one person around one lap, and then I drove them together one person on lap two, one on lap one to the ramp. And the ramp's just not there on the player two side of the screen. And then when player one drives on the ramp, it looks like they're just like driving on midair. So it's <laughs> just like a, a yeah. I didn't, I wondered just how they would pull it off that's them. how they do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how it works there. And I thought that was cool. And then, yeah, Mushroom Gorge is a solid track. Uh, and even Mario Circuit, the really flat one, mm-hmm. I don't mind having one flat course in Mario Kart 8 because it's really the only one of its type. And, I don't like the original Mario Kart because they're all super flat tracks like that. But to just have one, it's like kind of unique because it's just super good turns, super flat track. It's just like a, a dirt racetrack. And I think that's pretty cool. The only one I'm not super big on is the ice one, Snowland from GBA. I think that track is fine. But to have basically an entire set of tracks that I think are very good to great. Yeah, it's definitely better than wave one. Zach, have you had a chance to, to play it at all? Yeah, Logan and I played it together. I've played all the new uh, tracks from this wave. I've enjoyed pretty much all of them. 
Um, my biggest one was obviously Waluigi Pinball. That was my my big ask, uh, my big request. Um, really enjoyed that one a whole lot. Love the music. Love how they revamped the art style. Uh, really, really cool. Mushroom Gorge, like I said, I also played that on the Wii quite a bit. Uh, that's a big one that I liked from the Wii. Um, so glad to see that one back. And then, yeah, just the the tour tracks are just so good and not having ever played any of them ever. So this being my first experience with them, they're just a lot of fun. So, yeah, love this wave. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier. Uh, still need that that tree, the maple tree from maple the Wii. Tree one. Maple yeah. tree. I still need that one. We've still got stuff that, that we're waiting on. Yep. And there's still a lot to go. Yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. It's surprising. It's hard to imagine that there's so much left to go when we've already gotten so many. Yeah. They're, it, we're third of the way. already gotten <laughs> so crazy 16, to think about. 16 new yeah. tracks. And I really like how it's kind of like the same format of wave two as wave one. If you look at the two cups, the layout of them is the same, right? In both waves, the first cup starts with a tour track and the second cup starts with a tour track, right? They start with Tokyo and they start with Paris. And then in the first cup, the last track is like a fan favorite people needed to return. You got Waluigi Pinball, you got Coconut Mall. Those end the first cup in both waves. And then the end of the cup, the second cup in both waves is a non-city-based tour track, right? Ninja Hideaway and the Sky High Sunday. And then the middle tracks on each cup are some combination of like SNES, GBA, Wii, DS, and that's it. And I think that's really cool if they stick with that. If we get three tour tracks per wave, a fan favorite track coming back, and then four other tracks that they just kind of throw in there, I think that's a great balance to not like overload any one set with like, like if you had Waluigi Pinball and Coconut Mall and Maple Treeway, all this stuff in one wave would be like what's left for the other wave. So I think it's a really cool way they're kind of doing it. If they stick with this format all the way through, I'd be, I'd be really happy with that. A good way to build anticipation for the next one. You get your fan favorite, and then the question is, you know, what comes in the next wave. Yep. Also, the whole thing with Coconut Mall getting updated really caught me by surprise. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that they would, you know, drop the, you know, dump the courses out and then move on to the next ones. And that's how it was going to be. They were, as is, they weren't going to make any changes. But this shows if if there is kind of a weird issue with some of these tracks or, or a feature that was originally there, but maybe for tour got kind of changed a little bit they would go in and, and make some changes to, to prior tracks and prior waves. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. They're still, it's still not the same. Like it's not the no. news driving back and forth with the boost pads, but it is funny. It's very funny to see these shy guys just go crazy. <laughs> the, the drifts in there. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good wave. I was, I was very impressed by it. Really excited for whatever comes next for the next wave. Yeah, absolutely. The next piece of news is a Zach piece of news. Tekken. Oh, Zach, yes. what, what did you I see from the Tekken announcement? <laughs> yeah, so Tekken had a new trailer at the end of Evo over the weekend, which basically announced the return of something called Tekken World Tour, which is like their official in-person in tournament. And I think this year or next year it's taking place in Europe somewhere, like Amsterdam or something like that. Not super important. They also announced a new free update coming to Tekken 7, which... Uh, seemingly focuses on balancing updates and stuff like that. Not super important. No new content, just mostly patches and balances. But the big thing was at the end of this trailer, there was a cutscene from Tekken 1 that 
is pretty popular meme because Kazuya has a stupid face and it molds into a very, very updated new CG looking Kazuya in the same position. And it says, uh, God, what did it say? Get, get ready, ready, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, so that's a that's a Tekken thing because every time you do a fight, it says get ready for the next battle. So everyone is under the impression that this is a teaser for Tekken 8. It didn't say that. That's probably what it is. I can't imagine what else it would be. Maybe a new Tekken Tag Tournament or something like that. It's a little weird because they said they were done with the Mishima Saga at the end of Tekken 7. So I'm not sure why they're using Kazuya to advertise for Tekken 8. Um, he's not even the main character. He's, he's just... But I guess he's now in Smash. So maybe he's maybe he is the main character now. Who knows? Recognizable. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so... This is just an announcement of a future announcement that we don't know what it's going to be. Probably Tekken 8. Very, yeah, very little information. Uh, I've We've been expecting something for a long time. I think the arcade version of Tekken 7 came out in like 2015. So it's been like seven years since that. And then like five years since the console version. So we've been, and then Tekken got its final season earlier this year. So we've all been waiting for an announcement. and And I guess we've finally gotten something. So. Hopefully there's more to come soon and we don't have to wait a long time for any other news. What is one feature that you would really want to see in Tekken 8? Uh, I miss team battles. It's a it's a single player mode where you could just select eight up to eight characters and Whoa. then you would fight up to eight characters. And then once you defeat an opponent, you would still have your, your first character up and then you could try and sweep. It's similar to the uh, squad thing in uh smash squad what's this called squad strike it's similar to squad strike and smash um that was my favorite mode and they got rid of it for tekken 7 and i don't know why but it really kills the uh single player single player playability of mm. i just need single player modes please it's not all about multiplayer it's not is it only missing in tekken 7 like it was in all the others i or most of well them? it wasn't in the it's ever since it first started right um okay in either tekken 5 or tekken 6 it's it's been in tekken tag tournament 2 and revolution i think so uh yeah it, it's been around for a while and then they got rid of it for tekken 7 so just hoping they bring it back well time to wait and see wait for more that seems to yep. be the case with all of these trailers recently just yeah, the exactly. teaseriest of teasers and then hey just wait a little while longer. Maybe we'll have something to show you, something concrete to show you next time. Evo was kind of nuts, though. There was so Evo. much announced. Like, you got the new Fatal Fury game after 20 years of being a dormant franchise. That's a big That's deal. You got crazy. two characters revealed for Street Fighter VI. Uh, the first, what, DLC character for Guilty Gear. Like, I feel like they just, after every, like, grand finals, like, the creator was just popped out of nowhere and was like, Hey, we're bringing uh, rollback netcode to Dragon Ball Fighters five years later. Like, just yeah. like all this crazy stuff was happening. And I thought Evo was pretty cool. Uh, I, I covered the event and so I had it on all day. And yeah, this was the first year it's happened since Sony bought it, I think. And I thought that it was a, yeah. it ran really well and had a lot of cool announcements. Like, yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, Evo has never really been like the place that people like developers go to announce things. So it's good to see that this is now becoming a much bigger like event where not only is there fighting game tournaments but there's also events and announcements so it's super cool yeah wonder if that's a sony decision probably drop that in there to, to, to get more eyeballs on it but it probably yeah. worked yeah oh yeah people come for the uh, for the announcements and stay for for the rest of the stuff some pretty interesting fights too 
Some other smaller bits of news. This one is uh, more personal to me. Harvestella is getting some more information. They showed off one of the towns that you can go to. It is a spring-themed town with a bunch of cherry blossoms, so that leads me to believe that there are going to be towns based on, at the very least, the four seasons. They showed mm -hmm. the springtime first. seasons. Oh, right. What? Is there <laughs> just hell or something? <laughs> just yeah, like spring, death. summer, autumn, winter, and hell. That's my favorite season. <laughs> but yeah, the town looks really pretty uh, with all of these cherry blossoms blooming, and they got some nighttime shots in there. Showed off some of the characters, some new uh, jobs. We've got the Skylancer job, which adds to Fighter, Mage, and Shadow Walker. And they also showed off uh, a little bit on character stories. So you have different characters that you can meet uh, in all of these different towns, and they have their own quests and stories, and you can grow your bonds with them by doing their quests, and then you can bring them in to combat. They can join you in, join in on combat, and the, the more friendship you have with that character, the more they'll help out in combat, which is always cool. I hope that the stories are relatively in-depth. And then they showed off some really delicious looking food, which you got to have in these uh, farming slice of life cooking games. Uh, some of these look absolutely gorgeous and makes me want to cook them. And it's, I'm just excited for Harvestella. This, this, uh, the more that I see about it, the more it looks like what Rune Factory 5 should have been. And yeah. we're getting it. And then last little bit of news before we get into Rumor Roundup. Dragon Quest Treasures is getting a physical release. Yeah, I was wondering about this. I've been wondering for a while uh, if this was going to be a full price game or like a $40 game and if it was going to be physical or not. It is a full price physical game. So now we know full that price. box art looks cool coming December 9th. Uh, yeah, so I'm just excited about excited about this one. Me too. Me three. All right. We'll be playing it on launch. Logan, what do we got for Rumor Roundup this week? Exciting, exciting. Sonic Frontier's world premiere is coming to Gamescom opening night live. This is going to be basically two weeks from today to 23rd of August, so a little under two weeks from now. Uh, and Sonic Frontier's is going to be there. It is going to uh, Jeff Keighley. This is his event, opening night live. And they said tune in live on Tuesday, August 23rd for a world premiere, new look, and news about Sonic Frontier's. And I just am telling you, it's got to be a release date. It if has it's coming to be. this year. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the biggest stage this thing's going to be shown on. It has Probably. to be. They also showed off, like, the box art, too. I don't know if it's the box art, but it's official concept art. Maybe it's, like, the icon art. Um, mm. And it looks really cool. It's Sonic on a on a rail um, with some of, like, the weird structures of, of Sonic Frontiers in the background and, like, the ocean. So it, it's pretty cool art. Um yeah, so I hope it's. I hope we're just two weeks away from getting a December second release date for Sonic. That's Frontiers. a prediction. That is what about prediction. Dragon Quest. It's going to cut into your Dragon Quest time. That's fine. Okay. Everything will be dropped for Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> Zach, do you have a date prediction? Uh, what day did you just said December second? Yep. December third. Saturday. It's going to go out <laughs> <Yeah>. on Saturday. <laughs> fine. Just December first, a Thursday. Kevin. Let's see. What is my prediction? I'll go, since we got two Decembers, I'll go with a late November. Go with the Ooh. 25th on the Friday. Let's go with the uh, 31st. 
30th december third thir- like um, no in. november <laughs> we 30th. said it was coming out this year it is coming out this year but we need every day <laughs> to get this thing out yeah i think i can't wait if it's coming out this year it's gotta get a date here mm-hmm. which because... apparently they say all they've said is it's coming this year they have said time and time again they've sworn up and down that this thing's coming this year so it's time to it's time to find out because fall is is rapidly approaching. We're already almost partway through August. I'm going to play it on my Switch. I am not. I'm nope. going to play it on my PS5. <laughs> yeah, don't play this on Switch. I, I really want to see this thing running natively on Switch. Me too. Just I might end up with it on both. Sheer we'll curiosity. We'll see. I have forces on both. You do. Did that thing run that much worse? I mean, like yeah, lower it was, fidelity. It was 30 FPS versus 30 FPS. 60. Okay. And looked worse. It was not great really on Switch. <laughs> and that was, that was a last-gen game. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. this, is, this is a current-gen, so who knows what the Switch yep. version is going to be like. Wait, is Sonic Frontiers coming to PS4, though? Uh, yeah. I thought it was coming probably. to everything. Yep, it's, coming, so. it's still coming yeah. to PS4. It's coming to PS4 and Xbox okay. One. Okay. Yeah, so it's coming to everything. How's it going to run on those platforms? We'll see. Yeah, great. We have a probably. very wide, wide variety so, of so good of uh, yep. of platforms. But that's it for rumor roundup. All right, that was news. That was news. I'm sorry. It's been it's <laughs> been news for the it's it's oh, news yeah. roundup at this point. Yep. News we should roundup. rebrand because really, there's not a whole lot in the way of rumors anymore. It's really just news that's dropping. I'll find some Back. stupid oh. rumor for next week. Oh, cool. Yep. Sweet. Is it gonna <laughs> now be that like we are done stale three with rumors <laughs> and news and news rumors, we will be moving on to what we have been playing over the past two weeks because we were off last week. We were off. Logan and I were on vacation, so we didn't have extra time to play video games um, for the uh, most part. Wheels. But I've played some stuff, and Logan's played some stuff, and Kevin's played some stuff. All of us have bit. played Live Alive. None of us have beat it like we said we would. Yeah, he's uh, gotten the way. Is, a little embarrassing. Uh, that's okay. It's a long game. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. It's not that long. It's like 18 to 22 hours. <laughs> yeah. It's really long. It's yeah. like the longest kind of game I've ever average played. Average length. Yeah. Uh, but it's a lot of fun, and I am really enjoying it. I have just been busy with other stuff and other games, uh, which is the sad thing. I've just been playing other stuff, too, uh, especially Same. multiplayer games. But, yeah, Live Alive has been a lot of fun. I am close to the final second to last chapter once you beat all the standard chapters you unlock a new chapter i forget what it's called it says on the back of the box the like middle, medieval, ages? middle ages middle ages yeah um, mm-hmm. i still have yet. the i have Spoilers. to finish up the distant future then do the wild west one then do that and then maybe there's other stuff i don't know um okay but so i'm guessing i'm close i am the furthest i'm part way through oh. middle ages at this okay point. you are part way through okay. middle ages uh logan you are not as far as me i have not played it since the last time oh we my recorded. god Whoa. oh my god logan <laughs> yeah what did you say at the end of last week like oh we guarantee we'll all have yeah. it be uh, it, no problem dude i was busy and then we went on vacation and now and then i've been sick and i've been watching lots of baseball and there's too many multiplayer games that's my life that is true um all this time anyone got anything they need to say about live alive that we didn't Not say yet. two weeks ago i'm still really enjoying it i like the music on pretty much every every path that we i've done so far the combat has been fun and varied it's pretty standard stuff that we talked about last week uh kevin you're the furthest anything new that's come up i 
that we haven't thought about. I did the, oh, uh, I didn't mention this last time. I did the Edo Japan one and did zero kills. You did it zero was not, kills. It was not easy. It took yeah, me, because, and I had to restart in the middle of it because I messed up. I yeah, because there are points in that where you you talk to people and sometimes you'll get things from them, but other times they will just automatically mm-hmm. start a fight. Yeah. And you don't I did know that save scumming. Advance. I did a lot of save so, scumming like I do yeah. in other stealth games where I would just save constantly and then reload it if I messed up. But I got to this point where um, I got, there were three guys guarding a room and I didn't know how to get past them without fighting them. So eventually I had to look it up. And at some point I needed to unlock a second character in my party who would just like get rid of them for me oh, you in a cutscene. And I didn't do that because I had, I don't know how spoilerly, spoilery this is, but you need three coins to unlock him. And I had used them on a pot, which gave me nothing. So I had zero <laughs> coins. Oh. Oh <laughs> so I never God. got him. So I had to like redo the whole level. <laughs> wow. Just to get zero kills because I, I was confident that it would like give me benefits. And I don't know if it did, but I did it. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to talk later. Especially when we yeah. get to that spoiler cast, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to compare because I had, I think maybe around 40 kills out of the mm-hmm. hundred and I got a certain okay. ending and, and we'll yeah. have to, we'll have to figure out if, uh, if there's uh, really big differences. I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that, that you couldn't get that. <laughs> that second dude. If you, so I guess when I go through it, I'll just do a, I'll do a 100 kill run. So there you exactly. go. Yeah, you've got none. I've <laughs> got, oh my God. You've got murder. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. The, we'll compare the genocide run. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. That one's All really right. good um distant future was also really cool it's very if you want it to be it is very combat light which Mm -hmm. i thought was was very very interesting you see where it goes in terms of its story and how it how it plays off of uh science fiction movies (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. pretty quick but i think it did a good job i like the character dynamics between between this cast of characters uh that you're with um yeah for for uh for an area that that didn't really have any combat uh, that was mandatory. I, I I thought it was quite well done. And I'm enjoying Middle Ages too. I think Middle Ages is really cool. And I think in terms of combat and exploration and, and as, as a traditional RPG, I think it is the most fleshed out out of, mm-hmm. out of any of them, just in that more traditional JRPG cool. sense. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, do you have a favorite so far, Kevin? A different favorite than last time. A different I don't favorite. remember what you said last time. Wild West. I said I Edo Edo Japan. Oh, Edo last Japan. time. I'm trying to think if if there was one that I really like that. Imperial China. Imperial I China really was fun. Like Imperial yeah, China. that that one that one was was really interesting. I think I'd. Hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I, I I at this point maybe Middle Ages would. Uh, would come out on top it's definitely just in terms of like yeah. how, how feature rich it is for for jrpgs i don't think i would put distant future at the at the top but it was it was on the upper end for me i think right now i'm still going with that japan that's my favorite okay yeah, i'm playing a, a really near cool. future right now i'm enjoying it uh yeah. i think that i like the little t- robot turtle dude who's your second party member because yeah. the mm-hmm. way you upgrade him is really cool he doesn't traditionally level up you find like scraps and then upgrade him with that i think that's a cool idea he has some extremely op moves that like wipe out the entire yeah. floor uh but yeah I'm, I'm enjoying that one right now yeah i wouldn't say this is a particularly hard game um the hardest was for me at japan and that was just because i had to really guard. figure out you how can to make it more difficult you can make it yourself. much more difficult yeah and other than that i'm trying to think if there was like a particularly difficult section of the game 
it all, it's all been fairly either on the easier side or pretty standard difficulty. Um, especially the if you're not, present like, day with that final enough. fight could get you. I lost That's on true. that once. Yeah, that is true. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and depending on how you play that, if you didn't go for all of the attacks, you know, maybe, maybe you have a much harder time yeah. for yourself, which is interesting. Depending on how you play, it gets, you know, more or less difficult. So yeah. if you have all the moves, like that's bad. And then Kevin, anything other than live alive, you've been playing Stardew. hundred percent run is complete. Stardew. Oh, that single player, hundred percent run finished it just before the end of year three. You get a cute little uh, cutscene slash credit scene that was really nice. It was just nice to there's a hundred finish that off. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. At the it's end, nice it's nice when they actually give you something. Yeah, as yeah to they, nothing. They gave you something actually tangible, and yeah. I appreciated that they. I mean, this was only added in the most recent, you know, one point five update, but oh, they good. give you a little area that you can check your completion you know, percentage, you know, oh, okay. friends, shipping items, all of these things. It's super helpful. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that I finished that. I think I'll probably go back for one more run for the Joja Mart. Cause there's an achievement mm-hmm. for that. And I just want to see what happens there. But yeah. the, uh, journey of the Prairie King is, I don't think ever going to be beaten. I tried a run of that. It's like the little arcade game. Yeah. It is brutally hard. There are three areas. And I think, five waves per area and there's one achievement without dying there's one Is achievement where you just have to beat it and then uh-huh. there's another secret achievement that you have to beat it without dying i couldn't beat the first area i think i got to wave three or four before i lost all of my lives <laughs> oh so, man i think those achievements are going to be locked forever but very least i'll do joja and it was nice to to finally see the ending of a game that i put 300 plus hours into and it, yep. it was a nice way to cap that off Awesome. Well, now you never have to play Stardew again after that. So. <laughs> I'll probably yeah take a break for a little while. Yeah. Go back for the Joja Mart run, and then I've got other. I've got Harvestella coming out, and that's true. Some other that could be a big game for you. We'll take that position for a while. We have a cameo from Wally Logan's cat in the background. He's going to be watching the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to play Stray. To I did not. I did not play Stray. Have you? Have you still not used? I did. Your I did. I, I lowered it. I lowered okay. it because I'm. I'm not paying for the classics catalog anymore. I'm just paying for the regular game catalog because I still want to play some of the stuff on there. So wait, like, which? Uh, t- so you pay? We're doing the highest tier. tier, and now you move. I was doing the highest tier. Now I'm doing the second tier. Okay. And maybe if I clean up some of the stuff I want to play in the actual catalog, I'll go back down to the base tier for a while. So. Um, yeah, I uh, don't think I'm going to play Stray. I've got too much other stuff going on. Uh, Logan, so uh, anything other than Live Alive? We have been playing some stuff together. Yeah, uh, we have to talk about Forza. Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels DLC is out, and it's amazing, just like it the base really game. Amazing. It's so much fun. It's a, a new section of the game that you that you get teleported to that's just absolutely littered with hot wheel tracks all over the place and uh they're your main mode of transportation outside of the now free fast travel you can fast travel anywhere which we just it's free learned. it's just free in the hot wheels just only do it. yep why isn't that in the base game Dude, I i've never so used fast travel because i don't want to spend whatever currency it is yeah because in the hot wheels three. you can be like 
bird's eye view, like 300 yards from something, but actual driving multiple miles from something just because of the nature of the Hot Wheels tracks. Yeah. So them giving it to you in Hot Wheels makes a lot of sense because there have been times where it's like, it's right there, but I'm four miles away just because of the snaking track route (laughs) you have to actually take to get there. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense to fast travels free, but man, it's such a cool world. There's like a forest biome, a desert, a a snow biome, like there's all sorts of places uh here the races are really fun a lot we just unlocked a really cool hot wheel which is like one that i had when i was a kid so that's super nostalgic uh, they try to teach you the history of hot wheels but i don't listen i don't want to listen when they're telling me that stuff yeah. like in like like a story, While you're like racing. story is that like during races yeah. it's like oh, they're, driving races, they're, they're just like, like to narrating you. some history of hot wheels Did you know that and, in yeah. 1983 we're just talking about monster hunter or something with, <laughs> yeah specific hot wheel car mm-hmm yeah, it's more Forza Horizon Five. I think a lot of the, a lot of the challenges really fit well in a Hot Wheels environment, like going off jumps, jumping through rings of fire, blowing up balloons, like all these things that are super fun in the open world of Mexico in Horizon Five's base game. Just makes a ton of sense translated into this world. It is super cool. Uh, I think I prefer the base game a little more, just having that freedom of the open world to drive around in, um, because you are pretty limited on the uh, gated on the orange tracks. But being a big Hot Wheels fan when I was a kid, it has been super nostalgic and super fun uh, to hop in and do this loop de loops, magnetic strips, like all this, all this really cool stuff. The fans that make you go faster, like the the blow air on you and make you go like thirty to fifty miles an hour faster, super cool. Uh, and everything is multiplayer. The entire campaign is multiplayer. Um, so yeah, it's been super fun. We've probably played for what, like two or three hours, something like that. Uh, I think we're maybe a third of the way through it. Um, it's the it's based off of the ranking of cars. So there's you start off with B rank, then A rank, then S one, S two, stuff like that. And we're currently on the A rank still, or just finished the A rank. So we're making our way through it. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, definitely been enjoying it. So we'll play more of that coming up probably pretty soon. Uh, anything else, Logan? Other than that, I know you've been sick. The quarry. Oh. Uh, a couple weekends ago, I started the quarry. I'm playing with my girlfriend and a friend of ours, and we're doing that new split screen mode where you get to pass the controller depending on which character it is. So you do this draft at the start of the game where there's eight playable characters, and it's like, okay, player one, pick who you want. Player two, pick who you want. Player three, pick who you want. So um, my girlfriend was scared she was going to get characters killed, so she opted to go with two characters, and me and our friend each have three characters. <laughs> Uh, and it's been really fun. Like at the end of each segment, you're like holding your breath, waiting to see who gets to the controller next. And you're like, please don't let it be me. Please don't <laughs> let it be me. I don't want to play. <laughs> uh, but it is super good. I think I like it more than Until Dawn. It is yeah. absolutely gorgeous. Like the game is is beautiful. Um, I really like the characters in Until Dawn. All the characters are pretty hateable. Like there's only one character I even liked by the end of Until Dawn. Um, but in the quarry, there's eight characters and there's only one that I really, really dislike. And he's one of my characters, which is a shame. Uh, that means you have the off? power to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> I do have the power to kill him. No, we, everybody has survived so far. We have played four chapters, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, there's what, 10? We played the prologue and four chapters. Um, so a little under half the game in our first session, but yeah, super fun. It's, it's easier than until dawn. I think I remember Kevin playing until dawn and the, the quick time events, like the character would be like hopping across these like rocks and like, there would just be like a circle engraved on a rock. And if you didn't see it, they tripped. Um, but this it's, it's pretty easy. They like show up on the screen. Like Mm -hmm. you always know when there's a quick time event. Um, and it's not even button presses anymore. Right. Zach, it's just like 
controller stick directions is what yes for the most part yeah yeah mm -hmm. i think so uh, and then the choices are fun. Also, the holding breath is different. You don't have to not move the controller anymore. You just hold X, and then it's up to you to decide when to stop holding your breath to run away. It's pretty easy to tell when that is required. Uh, one of my big complaints is that, that never really gets any harder. It's pretty much the exact same difficulty every time you have to do it, and you just hold your breath until the end when the red goes away. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's just how. That's just what it is every time. You just wait until the red goes away, and then you can just... Like, why would you let go sooner? It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, because we did wait. And then like the, like, yeah, like it's like pulsing red mm -hmm. in on the corners of the screen. And then the monster chasing us like turned around and then that red went away. And then I ran. I'm like, well, that's it. Yep. <laughs> like, Problem solved. Uh, but it's, it's a great game. Like it is, it is super fun to play uh, in a group setting, just like Until Dawn was. And yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. Holy crap. This game looks really pretty. Really game good. I've it's ever not played. on last gen, right? It's only on PS5. Nope, it's only PS5. Yep. Yeah. And it shows like it is probably the best looking PS5 game so far. It's it's really cool. So yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Um, it's pushing me to my horror limits, though, which are not very high. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's super fun. I also liked how much more of an intro I felt like there was to this game. I felt like we got to know the characters a lot better uh before all the spooky stuff started happening then and until dawn like mm -hmm. the whole like first two prologue and like the first chapter and a half or during daytime where you're just like making dialogue choices and, and getting to know the characters and then night falls and then stuff starts hitting the van yeah. but i really liked that part about it too that i felt like we we know the characters a lot better and there's yeah. a lot of relationship drama a lot of you get more invested in there because then it's a yeah it's a bigger deal when you yeah. might lose somebody or you uh -huh. do lose somebody mm -hmm. yeah I I lost anyone they yet. They're, they're not very old. They're camp counselor age. They're Make college that students. Way they're, they're college, college students. students. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say they're, they're like not. 21. They're older than high school, but I didn't know how how much older than high school. Mm -hmm. So yeah, college students. Oh right, I think they're deciding which colleges to go to. So they might be like eighteen, or are they in college? There, some of them are deciding which college to go to, but some of them are going back to their college. So they're between eighteen the, and twenty-two. Yeah, they're pretty. Yeah. Pretty standard slasher age for victims. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. I hope I can keep everyone alive. We'll see. I've made man, made it's not easy. Decisions. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> oh, good luck. Yeah. I believe okay. in you. Uh, yeah, but it's it's a ton of fun. And then other than that, Sunbreak, which we talked about, and Mario mm -hmm. Kart, which we talked about. So, but Great. yeah, enjoying a lot of games right now. Trying to get through as much as I can before Splatoon comes out because I know that's going to take up so much of my time when that happens. So, yeah, I've got a back catalog of things to wrap yeah. up like pokemon i played a little bit more pokemon last night too i just gotta get through these things you do elden yeah, ring i feel that Tiny i've got saints row bearing down on me saints and they just row. released a uh trailer for it that we'll have to go and watch later but yeah i gotta i gotta finish live alive before before mm -hmm. saints row comes out yeah i got a little bit of time because i got some games that i've been playing that i haven't talked about yet so we got to talk about those i mentioned on the show prior that i've been replaying the walking dead telltale video games uh i've completed the first three seasons i'm now currently on season four the final season not made by telltale made by skybound games this was after telltale dissolved and skybound got the rights to it um it's one of the better seasons uh, outside of the first season i would say it's the second best season it's very enjoyable um, it's only four episodes long as opposed to five, like the rest of the season. So it's a little bit shorter, but there's more choice impact and stuff like that. And, uh, it looks really good. 
uh, compared to the original three seasons. So uh, uh, definitely enjoying my replay very close to the end. Good timing, too, because a new graphic novel based on the video games just came out. Uh, I read it. It wasn't very good. I got disappointed. I went back to playing the game. I got happy again. Um, so definitely, definitely enjoying my time replaying these. I haven't played the final season since it came out at the end of 2018 and and into the beginning of 2019. So it, it had been a little while. Um, so there's some parts of it I don't even remember that well. So I'm I'm definitely enjoying going back through it. And then other than that, yesterday, uh, I started Dark Souls 3 uh, with the same friends that I had played Bloodborne with. Um, I have never played a Dark Souls for more than an hour or so. Um, so this is my first real dive into one of the original Souls games. Um, and it's nice to have someone who's very experienced, uh, like my friend is. Um, he is he is helping us through it, uh, as he has done with other of these Souls games. Um, nice. So, so it's not as hard, uh, especially when we've added an extra person. Uh, so now there's a total of four people, which is not something you could do in other Souls games. Uh, I, you especially can't do it in Bloodborne, but you can do it in Dark Souls 3 if you use a special item. Typically, you have a max of three people in a world at a time, but you can get up to four if you use a special item. But it has a negative uh, because then two invaders can enter your world as opposed to one, uh, which is pretty extreme because we get invaded invading? all the Really? There are people, yep, there are people who, I found this out, my friend told me this, there are people who um, beat the game at an extremely low level because they're gods, and then they come back to the beginning and then they farm new players because you have to be a similar level to invade someone's world, so they stay at a low level, beat the game to get end game equipment, come back to the oh. beginning, and then use their end game equipment to just destroy new players. That sucks. That yeah, it's okay reading really because a you can group still fans, huh? because you can <laughs> still corner them with three people and just absolutely wail on them. Okay, so so it's not impossible to beat them. We have been beating them. I I don't I won't How say common is it? How often are they popping in? Every time we got into my one of my friend's worlds, he got invaded like like clockwork. I don't know what it was. Someone's I just got been invaded waiting, like, Oh, thank yeah. God, another person's yep. playing. <laughs> it's it's insane. I don't know how or why wow. these people choose this for their life <laughs> but yeah, but they do. do but outside of that i've really been enjoying it we all beat the first boss we took turns helping each other beat the first boss um very cool stuff um plays very a lot more similar to elden ring that it does uh bloodborne you can definitely see that these souls games were the basis for the combat in in elden ring so easy transition there it's a little more slow paced and a little more methodical for dodging in Bloodborne, so you have to be a little more patient. Uh, but outside of that, you know, the skills are pretty translatable. So I'm, I picked it up pretty quickly. Um, and I we played it for like three hours yesterday. So it's definitely, definitely been a lot of fun. Uh, enjoying it a lot. So excited to play more of that. Don't know if I'll ever go back to one or two. Or I kind of want to play Demon Souls, uh, the PS5 version. Mm, so. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how far we get in this. Uh, hopefully, once we get out of the starting area, we'll be invaded less. <laughs> but you never know. Yeah, no kidding. Yep. Is that it? But that's that. That's been it for me. Uh, outside of the multiplayer multiplayer games we've already talked about. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think this is about it. Fall Guys new Sonic game comes out like today or tomorrow. So excited to really? play that. Yeah, new oh, Rage yeah. new skins. Was I seeing photos of those? Yep. Uh-huh. Sonic. Was Amy part of that? No, it's Supersonic uh, Eggman and Tails, so the new ones. Oh. 
or someone Wait, must, must have made a mock-up. <laughs> did we talk about Unless Sonic Minecraft? I don't think we did. Oh my, oh god, my we god, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, we yeah, didn't. quick quick side note. Uh, we beat Sonic Minecraft. That game is brutal, and it's kind of broken now. If you play Green Hill Zone and yep. fall into the water, With instead the of update. dying and losing a life, you just get stuck down there in purgatory forever. Which is good and bad, because mm -hmm. I remember Save, when we played it, it before, we lost all win. of our yeah. lives because people kept dying. But at the same time, if someone falls and Zach fell at the beginning constantly, then you're just you down did, to two you players. Didn't, for, you didn't have to add that part. You did not have to say that. <laughs> yeah, your game was freaking out on that jump did. part. I don't I don't know why. I don't know what was going yeah. on there. I watched you go off that jump and the game was just like, no, you're not going far enough. <laughs> it's because I was tails. Oh, that's that's my excuse. Maybe the most bogus Sonic game we've played. <laughs> Probably. Uh, that is. I don't think yep. I have ever been as terrified of their speed in any other Sonic game as compared to that. No, maybe mm. the mock speed sections in 06, but that's mm. it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Every time yeah. you get up to speed, it is just horrifying mm -hmm. because you could die or get hit by a cheap shot at any moment. Yeah. Uh, not great. I, I played Minecraft for like three hours yesterday. Oh, yeah? By yourself? It was fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a great yeah. game. I was just nice, feeling relaxing. really out of it. Too, yeah. uh, too out of it to do anything I needed to like comprehend. So I just booted up a creative mode world and just built random stuff for a few hours. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, yeah, Minecraft is a chill game. When you're not playing the Sonic pack. When you're not playing the Sonic. Yep. So, yeah, if you're, if, if you're a Sonic masochist fan and and you're looking for that that style of game right up your alley sonic minecraft go play it yeah, any other final thoughts <laughs> or is there is that your the final thought that's the final thought <laughs> that's the final thought <laughs> all right that's going to do it for us on this week's episode of ode to games we're here on thursdays or fridays apple podcasts spotify other podcast streaming services that you may use give us a follow and you'll be updated with each new episode as they come out. We're also on YouTube, Add to Games. You can subscribe to the channel and be alerted when each new episode comes out. Uh, we're on no Twitter, Add to Games. Yeah. No Kevin next week. <laughs> you can send an email there at gmail.com. There's us. Well, let's go. So yes, I will not be here on the show next week. I will be busy. I'll be on vacation. But Logan and Zach will be here for an episode of the show. And then hopefully I'll be back for the following week. So good luck to you guys on, on next week's show. Hopefully I don't miss anything that I care about too much. Probably just <laughs> lots of monster hunter. Probably. Fall guy, Sonic. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. For Logan and Zach, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening. And Logan and Zach will catch you next week. <laughs>